Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff, a podcast that takes you back to riff and reminisce about the days of old. It's that old time rock and roll. We're going to share a few songs off an album of the month from the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s with some individual staff picks and a little more. You're going to hear some well-known favorites along with a few deeper cuts that'll have you shuffling through your old albums. Maybe you're that person who blurts out an old riff in the middle of a conversation. Or maybe these songs are new to you, and we hope you'll add them to your playlist. In any case, we hope you enjoy the riffs and our riffing about them on What the Riff? Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and also Marbury Creative Group. So enjoy What the Riff? New York City blacks out for 25 hours. Pizza Hut blimp deflates and lands safely on West 56th Street in New York City. Gas is, tw- is 62 cents a gallon and a 77 Trans Am is $5,400. This is July 1977 and we're What the Rip. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. And for July of 77, Bruce is bringing us the album. What you got? This, ladies and gentlemen, is Mother's Finest. So most of us, are, we're, we're broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, um, so a lot of us are familiar with Mother's Finest. Mother's Finest was a funk rock band from Atlanta that were formed in 1970. And the members of this band are Joyce Baby, Ge- Baby Jean Kennedy on uh, vocals, Glenn Doc Murdoch on vocals, Gary Moses Moe Moore on guitar, Jerry Wizard Say on bass, Mike Keck on keyboards and Barry BB Queen Borden on drums. All from Atlanta? Uh, these no, they're I mean, they're all based in Atlanta now. Most of these folks are from different places. Okay. But uh, but but yeah, they're all based in Atlanta now. Most people may not be familiar with this because they are a regional band yeah. in, in that time. Um, I'd never heard of them in California until I moved to the South, and then in the South it just blew up. Well, and I'm going to give you a little inside baseball here, too. I picked this one because, first off, it was regional, and I figured that a lot of people hadn't heard of this. But it also allows me to play some of their more popular stuff because people may not know it. Um, yeah. And, and it's not going to be kind of worn out or anything like that. But this is this album is Another Mother Further. It's Fearful. their second or third album. Yeah. The Family Show, yes. How, how, how are you supposed to pronounce that? <laughs> okay. AMF. It's supposed to be another mother father is the way that it's supposed to be pronounced. I'm glad I'm not trying to pronounce it. (laughs) This is either their second or their third album, depending on how you count it. They had a debut album in 1972 with RCA, and then they switched labels to Epic and uh, released an an album also called Mother's Finest in 1976. Um, then this album, Another Mother Further, is, uh, is, is obviously from 1977. And I think this is, this is their most popular album. But in the 70s, they had a string of gold records with Mother's Finest, Another Mother Further, and Mother Factor. This is great funk rock. They are really, oh, yeah. really trying to get you to be tongue-tied like my. I know they would. I failed miserably. But I don't want Wayne to pronounce this title. <laughs> Thanks. Had a hard enough nor on me, the introduction. Nor Brian. But this this is that funk rock stuff that everybody kind of comboed. It, it, that's one thing about 70s. People didn't stick into, hey, you're going to be a soul funk group. You're going to be over here. You know, this is sort of, sort of, I guess, led the way with 
you know, Funkadelic. They, they were yeah. willing to rock a little bit, and this took it one step further. Sly and the Family Stone. Well, what, you, what I hear really just screaming to me is that really good bass. Yeah. You know, and that was, a, a, to your point, that rock and folk, R&B, really heavy bass riff, and it sounds wonderful. This is Truth Will Set You Free. This right? is Truth Will Set You Free. Yes. Uh, Baby Jean Kennedy is on lead on this song, obviously. And by the way, those lyrics are whoop, 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 ba, 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 booey, booey, yeah, yeah. They <laughs> had to write that down beforehand going, okay, I got to come up with a... <laughs> Absolutely. Up with some sort of music to this. They may have come up with that on the fly. <laughs> Just say it. <laughs> you never know. They were um, they they did a lot of opening uh, acts for folks. They opened for Ted Nugent, Black Sabbath, The Who, Aerosmith. Um, had a reputation as a dangerous opening band, and and I'll I'll Just talk trying about to pronounce that the albums bit. themselves. There are, you are go. Dangerous enough. All right, now I'm going to do something a little different here. I want us to stop what we're doing because I want to play a couple of other songs if we can. Here's one. This is not Mother's Finest. This is Mickey's Monkey by Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Ah. I've seen Smokey Robinson in concert. Have you? Yes. Great, great concert. Great voice. Yes. What year was this from? I'm wanting, this, is, this is from the 60s. I'm wanting to say it was around 60, maybe 68. That, all right, that's enough of that one. I just wanted you to, to get that in your head. This is that's Mickey's Monkey by um, Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. Okay, so you got they just covered a song. What's right. the big deal about that? All right, so, so now check this song out. Ooh, Led Zeppelin. Recognize that? Absolutely. So Led Zeppelin covered Mickey's Monkey? No, they didn't. This is Led Zeppelin Custard Pie. Oh, this the song is Custard Pie? This is, uh, yeah, this is Led Zeppelin Custard Pie. You mean they claimed another song for their own? No, 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 no. Wait a second. Wait a second. I just want you to get that, get that riff in your head, right? I like it. That's All good. Right. Listen to this one. Okay, that's enough of that. Now, I want us to play Mickey's Monkey by Mother's Finest. Oh, so Mother's Finest stole custard pie and found out it was the same as Mickey's Monkey. Well, here's the deal. It's a, it's, it's a neat mashup, right? So um, Mother's Finest covers Mickey's Monkey. Yep. And it, From Smokey it is, Robinson it is Smokey Robinson and the Miracles. That's right. Um, but then when you start listening to the music behind it, it's it's very clearly an homage to um, to Custard Pie. Was this the Led first Zeppelin. sampling example? <laughs> music sampling <laughs> or what? Here, listen to this. Exactly. Yep. That's Custard very, Pie very, all over it, it, isn't it? Though. 
so so folks wonder there's there are some questions about that why Led Zeppelin didn't you know have a cease and desist or something like because that. they stole enough of their own stuff. Well, now that's that's the negative. Uh, way borrowed, of excuse it. me, not stole, borrowed. There there are two ways of looking at it. One <laughs> is that Led Zeppelin saw it in the spirit that it was intended, which is kind of an homage to their to to the the um, to custard pie. Um, but the other possibility is that that. Um, Led Zeppelin did their share of homages to old blues singers of the past. Ah, if that's and what you want to call homage, yeah. When their names are written as music, so that written by and song written by. <laughs> so we could do a potential rabbit hole episode of what the riff of all Led and Zeppelin. We, Led Zeppelin we really should. songs that should be. By the way, you know most of the suit. most of the stuff that they were doing was was old and out of. Um, you know, it was it was out of trademark or anything. Yeah, right. So, um, from that standpoint, it's not like Except they were for doing Willie something Dixon, illegal. He but actually had a lawsuit and won. Right, but um, but anyway, I, the the what you hear here and what I like about Mother's Finest is just the energy level. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, getting back to what I was saying before about it being a dangerous band as your um, as your opening act, they were known. For getting out there and blowing the headliners off the, off the stage. Well, it so, sounds similar to uh, a band from Pasadena back in the late seventies called Van Halen. There's that. that. They, they went out with uh, they went the first tour I think is with with I want to say it was the Stones on yes, the seventy eight tour. Stones, yeah. And the fans they, they they would do their thirty to forty minute set, and then the Stones would do theirs, and people start screaming for Van Halen to come back out. <laughs> The stone that is says, dangerous. The, the Stones said, never, no, we're not doing this anymore. Oh, I, Aerosmith is very well known for pulling the plug on a very popular opening yeah. act if they thought they were taking the spotlight away. Oh, yeah. No, that way. Oh, uh, a certain lead singer. Oh, okay. A certain lead singer did not like opening groups that, oh, okay. that, that I gotcha. overshadowed Aerosmith. So this one, uh, Doc Murdoch is on lead here. They would swap off between the male and the female vocals, and you'll hear a couple of other songs that are like that. Um, Mother's Finest was uh, a black rock band, which is which was unusual at the time. Right. Um, there were, of course, you know, you had Jimi Hendrix, you had Sly and the Family Stone, things like that. But it was still at the in the in the the seventies, and for a long time, even today, it, it was kind of unusual to have. Uh, a black band playing uh, playing rock music, but they just they were just incredible energy, and uh, around here very very popular. And from a personal standpoint, this is the very first group that I ever heard as a um, in concert. So my very first concert was Mother's Finest at Six Flags in Atlanta. Um, and so it, they, they Mother's Finest concerts back by the uh, screen machine. That's right. That's right. So this has a this is near and dear to my heart. I saw them perform at Georgia State in the auditorium at Georgia, Georgia State, the college. Uh-huh. And um, I remember we had Mickey's Big Mouths. <laughs> remember, you know what Mickey's Big Mouths are? Malt liquor. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice beer. Yeah. No, I've never had one. Got you drunk fast. Yeah. (laughs) So what's the next one here, Bruce? This next one now, you need to listen to this entrance. This is really cool. It's a very psychological thing that's happening here. (laughs) 
This is the uh, just a killer open. Love that open. Um, and you know what's coming. You hear that opening chord, and then uh, of course Doc Murdoch is on the lead again on this one. Piece of the Rock is their most popular song. I love the lyrics. Oh yeah. A millionaire looking for another million dollars. Poor man looking poor, for one. Poor man looking for one. Chain store owner looking for another store. Hungry man looking for a bun. So here's an interesting piece of trivia. Um, Baby Jean Kennedy and Doc Murdoch are married. And uh, Doc Murdoch got his start with the Vondells in the 60s. Yeah, I remember that. And then, of course, they were uh, uh, together with Mother's Finest here. And um, their son now plays on um, in the band in Mother's Finest. So their son is Dion Derek Murdoch, and he plays drums for Mother's Finest. And they're still touring today. Oh, great. Yeah, um, this is one of uh, my wife Cindy's favorite bands she just and she kind of introduced me to them you know when when we started dating and she, she had this tape and i'm like this is pretty cool yeah well i think mother i think another mother further is the the best of the mother's finest uh albums i think it's got some of the greatest songs high energy all the way through um just solid just wanted to relate one thing that happened in July of uh, 77 that had an affiliation with Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin had their concert dates canceled after um, their last seven of them. Uh, Robert Plant learned that his six-year-old son had uh, died of respiratory virus. And um, that would be their last concerts in the United States as Led Zeppelin. Well, the, the song on the 79 Into the Outdoor was dedicated, uh, all of my love was dedicated to this song. And it's, if you listen to the, the song and the lyrics, it's very special. Because so they quit touring in the U.S. in 77, but they were still... Well, John Bonham had died also yeah. before the tour was able to get off from Into yeah, the Outdoor. Yeah, in 1980. Yeah. So, so I, I had friends that went to that 77 concert, and they were blo- obviously blown away with Led Zeppelin, but... Is interesting how how kind of still cross paths with history and, and, and music. Oh yeah, definitely. It's all intertwined. From what I understand, they would no longer sing "In My Time of Dying" in concert after that. But that hmm. may just be a hotel. Yeah, this is a great one, and it's probably one of their most famous. Yeah. Now listen to this one. Very well, this song. This may be my favorite yeah. Mother's Finest. Yeah. I love Piece of the Rock, but Baby Jean Kennedy on Baby Love. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, there's some top hits of July of 77 since we're into that. Sean Cassidy had one of the top hits of Do Run Run. Uh, Barry Manilow, Looks Like We Made It. Uh, Andy Gibb had I Just Want to Be Your Everything. Peter Frampton, I Am In You. Boy, we had a lot of Team Beat cover, cover boys. A lot of posters on the walls. <laughs> Alan, Alan O'Day had Undercover Angel and Hot Angel in Your Arms. And I have a small story about that. 
I was listening to a radio station and they were giving away Farrah Fawcett posters and these two singles. I just, uh, Undercover Angel and Angel in Your Arms. And if you were the fifth caller or whatever, and I happened to be the fifth caller. Well, I took a while since I did not drive to get my parents to drive me up to the radio station to pick up my free posters, which I was looking forward to, if you know what I mean. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, they were out of the posters. It seemed that all the posters just sort of disappeared. And they did have the two uh, two singles. And then I got a, a Liberty Newton John album that came out at the same time. It's like, uh, not the same. Now, Living Newton John was a babe then, but it still wasn't the did, same. Did, did it come with a poster of Olivia? No, Newton-John? no poster, just an album. Because you got to figure, is it the original Olivia Newton John or the one in Greece when she transformed to the end? <laughs> there <laughs> no, is it that. Was, it was it was the one that came out in '77. I forget, even forget the title of it, but but I. The, they had this big angel since they were obviously Farrah Fawcett was in Charlie's Angels and they had one for oh, yeah. for Kate Jackson and Jacqueline Smith and I was looking forward to those posters buddy <laughs> oh well if mom and dad had only taken you there sooner to pick oh, up your I, posters I, 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 got, I, I had my own posters as, as it was you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah Matt, this is a... Linda Carter was on my wall there was, there was a lot of ones Cheryl you know. Teagues no, it was a little, a little before Cheryl Teagues came out, but yeah, that was '77 was was poster mania for me for for those. Oh yeah, was it the Fair Fawcett poster with the red bathing suit? Oh yeah, I had that one. I had that one with the uh, prison. That was definitely on my wall. Where that's buttoned <laughs> down a little bit. I had that big poster. Actually, I think I have still have them somewhere. Those might be worth something. Seems like posters have kind of fallen off the. Off the wall. The market. <laughs> Falling off the wall, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, I wonder why that is. I mean, you think it's a shortage of thumbtacks? Uh, it probably <laughs> is. <laughs> Parents, don't don't put that on my wall. Yeah. I've got to repaint it. Yeah. We're still suffering from the great thumbtack boycott of 2010. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the price of, uh, of zinc. <laughs> Maybe they should have had fair faucet wallpaper at that day. And that way yeah. he's just permanently a There you <laughs> go. Well, what's that thing they have now that you get these huge life fat size? Fat heads. Yeah, fat fat head. heads. There you, you can go. have a fair faucet fat That's head. That's right. <laughs> fair faucet fat head. Mental note. <laughs> New side hustle. I don't think your wife's going to go for that. <laughs> Maybe we can sell those on What the Riff. <laughs> If you're a fathead and you want to want to advertise, come to What the Ref. <laughs> well, this is great. I, I appreciate you bringing up uh, Mother's Finest. I, I love Mother's Finest. It's uh, you know great regional band. They were actually very big in Europe. They they still are big in Europe. Huh. Uh, but they still tour. They still sound great. So if you get a chance, catch Mother's Finest. They nice are pick fantastic. From July great of 1977. So we go. What do we got next, uh, Wayne? Well, typically at this time we kind of spotlight a a movie or a tv show that was going on at that time and the reason why we talked about the 77 trans am is actually this song was the hit song in july of 77 for Smokey and the bandit here we go that's jerry reed singing along and he's bound down and 
I mean, yeah, the the actual movie came out a, a month before, but this song suddenly became the theme of, of trucking a certain alcoholic beverage across state lines that was illegal at the time, which is just crazy. And anybody remember what it was? Coors. Coors. Yeah, and not Coors Light either. It was no, Coors. Coors. It was Coors. Yep, the nice little Rocky Mountain water. So filter. you couldn't get it out of Texas, right? Or what was well, the deal? it? Wasn't a, it wasn't legal to get it past Texas. You couldn't go into Louisiana with it. And obviously, you couldn't get it to Georgia with it, but just because oh, yeah. it just didn't it didn't get that far yet. And that was the whole theme of Smoking the Bandit is. Somebody wanted Coors, and it was not pasteurized at the time, so you had a limited amount of time to get Coors oh, beer. Oh, so that's from, why they had to drive fast. To, yeah, so that's the reason why they had to haul butt, because that was a lot of beer that was going to go bad if they didn't, and that gets rank. So that makes me think that this was the time when CB radio became, you it know, was, was like yeah. taking Exploded. over. Oh, yeah, big. CB, well... All the CB stuff was before that, and my grandparents were hot and heavy into it. And believe it or not, my grandfather uh, did not like speed limits. He grew up in a time without speed limits, and so he had a CB radio so he can go about 90 to 100 on interstates, and he did that. And he did that until the day died. Well, he was against the typical grandpa driving, huh? <laughs> he was the antithesis of that. <laughs> he was balls to the wall. We're getting from one side of the country to the other in 36 hours, buddy, and we are doing it. The, the no, thing I, I remember recall. so much about this movie is Jackie Gleason. Oh, Just oh, rock yeah. to Burt Reynolds. But, you know, speaking of CB sales or Citizen Band radio sales, I mean, my gosh, I can still vividly remember going into the the retail stores, and they would, the shelves would be almost empty because people just grab them as soon as oh, yeah. as after this We need to feature out. a convoy when we get to that that month and year. <laughs> C.W. McCall. Oh, yeah. C.B. McCall. That's right. Now, that will be our comedy song. Yeah, absolutely. This is great. I I, I want to watch the movie again. <laughs> exactly. And and this song is, is a great country song. It, it is a good, fun song to, to listen to. So hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Yeah, good pick. So now we're going to staff picks. And, uh, Wayne, I think you've actually got the first staff pick for uh, July of 77. Yeah, one of the albums that were released in July of 77 was actually one of my favorite groups growing up, uh, Styx. This is Grand Illusion. This wasn't really a hit. It more was a, uh, a what do call it, album-oriented uh, rock. This was played during that. They had Foolin' Yourself and Come Sail Away. Those were the big hits. Before that was Lady. But, uh... You know, I enjoyed it, and I always like this part right here. That's awesome. And we will spotlight a uh, Sticks album. The Grand Illusion, I think, so many people know it front to back. It, it, it's it's very easy to. It is to, such a good album, though. It, it's uh, one of those ones. People called it prog rock. I, this, a lot of people they got labeled as a bubblegum rock group when I was. When I well, I think to, the, when I, to your point though, Wayne, DeYoung or Dennis DeYoung, who's singing the lead on this, tried to take it to more of a pop-oriented sound, and that's where the riff started between he and Tommy Shaw and other band members. And James that, Young, yeah. You're getting too pop here, and so basically, DeYoung had to go. Yeah, it. it I mean, I I had every single album. I mean, the, they had two different labels. It was it was before that was Wooden Nickel, 
and they um they were actually it was prog rock at that time and then they came out with equinox and then uh tommy shaw came on at, at um crystal ball and the one thing i like about this song is this, has this guitar riff One thing I like about this this album is that it is a positive attitude uh, that was being pushed on this song. Hmm. The, if you think about it, the grand illusion was you're looking at these people who are up on a stage and you're putting themselves, putting them better than what you are. And um, one thing that um, Dennis DeYoung said this says, you know, that don't fall in that trap that because people are standing up on a stage and banging on instruments that they know more than what you do. Life is fundamentally better than yours. I, you know, I think it's always the op- opposite. Those people have very limited lives because they are, unfortunately, put on a stage. They can't, can't they have paparazzis, you know, back then they didn't, but, but you had fans just mobbing them. If you, if you've ever watched any videos of rock groups in, in a record store or going into a, a concert venue, there are people mobbing them. I mean, Elvis Presley died because he had to be stuck inside a house in Memphis because people would actually mob him anywhere he went. They were the big Well, the, the drugs didn't help either. Yeah. Yeah. And that would happen, actually, the next, the, next, the next month. And Elvis actually put an album out at, the, uh, at this. It was... Uh, Let's see. Elvis Presley had Moody Blue, and of course, then the next Elvis, Elvis Costello, had an album out at this time. But yeah, this this album is just just tremendous. And, it is definitely my favorite song, Sticks uh, album, no question. My favorite Sticks. This song just really relates related to me as as a kid at the time, just knowing that that we can we can be better. We don't have yeah. to have all the motor cars. We don't have to have all that. Listen we, to we this can, this last this is, riff. So hopefully this it's last lyric. Hopefully it's tiny home. Very cool. You know, just think of you know think of these musicians as just other people. They're, they they they're talented. But unfortunately, they are entertainers. They're there to entertain you, not to lead you into something in the all-knowing category. So that's what I got from that. And just be positive and be yourself. I will say that 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 uh, I had the cassette and and Wore that it out. that first Wore side it is one of the best ones. Grand Illusion, fooling yourself, superstar, come sail away. That that, that set Wore was just fantastic. I wanted Superstar to be a, be a, be the first song off that, and everybody went, "No, <laughs> let's do." Well, we got a, we've got a great uh, riff starting at the beginning of this. Let's listen to this. See what you guess. This is "Give a Little Bit" from Super Tramp. What album is that off of? Even in the quietest moments. So oh, before, I was thinking it was before the big one out. It was before the big one. I thought yeah. that was Breakfast in America. No, no, I didn't make it. Breakfast in America was in 79. It was previous. Or it was 79. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah summer of 79. So Roger Hodgson is their guitarist, and he is playing a 12-string, and I think you can hear him hit every one of those 12 strings. Absolutely. So, um, he actually wrote this apparently when he was 
about 20 years old, and um, he introduced it to the band about six years later. And uh, he said that the song was inspired by the Beatles, All You Need Is Love. I hadn't thought of it that way, but, you know, that was kind of his inspiration for it. Hmm. Of course, that came out in the, in the 60s. I guess I, I don't see the, the, the connection from the music standpoint, but the theme, I get that. Oh, yeah. Definitely, the, the thematically, it's, yeah. it's related, isn't it? Well, like you said, it's kind of um, it's kind of a positive thing, kind of like what we were just talking about with Sticks, where it's, you know, that, that's what we need is love. Just give a little bit. And it'll work out. Wait, a minute, wait a minute, Rob. Is that saxophone again? Oh, my goodness. It is the sax, which, of course, we know. <laughs> that's another one of Brian's lanes. Oh, <laughs> Brian gets Brian gets thrilled when right. a song oh, has. We, we better have more. a Hammond organ coming up soon. I gotta have a fan soon. here, folks. I'm a, get a Hammond organ coming up oh, somewhere. Goodness. Help him out. Somebody yeah, sax, I'm melting. Just Listen, a little, little sax more sax. Hammond organ in one song, and, and Brian's gone for the week. Love the harmony here. Oh yeah. That was the thing with Supertramp. You know, the the two voices. You know, yeah. Very different voices, but very complimentary. They, um, uh, this song um, peaked at number 15 on the Billboard Pop Singles chart, and um, it was an international hit for them. Of course, they're out of uh, uh, England. And um, I don't know if, uh, I, sh- I should have pulled this one up, but in 2004, the Goo Goo Dolls covered it. And they released right. it as a single. You remember that? They did a very yeah, nice I job do. on it. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. And, um, very, very to a very similar feel. Yeah. In uh, in February of 2005, it made it to number 37, the Goo Goo Dolls version. I like this one better, but they did a good job. Sure, sure. Back to the 12 string. Yeah. The the guitar work is just fantastic oh, yeah. on this, isn't it? And I love the ending of this because it just it goes out on the, the 12 string. It just... And I have to say, the bass in this song kills me. It's just nice work, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. Wayne, for me, this is where I get the the accelerator heavy foot here. It, it's just it's not a heavy. Me- it's just just good, 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 good music. All the here. timing's not pushing you it's just the music it's just you kind of lose yourself in the music and next thing you know that you're you're going 120 nice ending here ah sweet yes that's great excellent cut excellent cut so who's this next staff pick? that would be brian that would be me Perhaps you don't know him as Vincent Fernier, or Fernier. You would probably know this artist as Alice Cooper. Ah. This doesn't sound like an Alice Cooper song. I know. Those tender love songs. Exactly. This, on another mellow note. Yes, Brian's mellow rock. This is from his album, uh, Lace and Whiskey. It was released in 1977. Lace and Whiskey. I had that album. Yep. And it was following his huge uh, success uh, from his 1976 1976 album, Alice Cooper Goes to Hell. I remember Remember that. Remember the big green face he had? Had several hits from that. 
But this is the one that this is probably the, the biggest hit and probably the only hit off of this album. It's called "You and Me," dedicated to his wife. Um, of course, Alice. Uh, after this, um, this was released or the album was released. He went on a, a tour of the U.S. and Canada, and it was truly revealed at this time that he had a problem with alcohol. Um, basically, he. The stage was set up as a big TV screen, so he really was ahead of his time in a lot of ways. And he would have video playing, and he had a slit in the screen where he would jump in and out of the the video. Uh Well, he was a part of that glam rock. He was entertainment. I mean, Alice Cooper Goes to Hell was a front-to-back Production. Oh, yeah. It was in the reason. You know, Welcome to my nightmare. Welcome was to my nightmare one. was another front to back production. They actually were productions. I mean, he had the snake on on in the concert venue for a reason. Cutting the heads off of people. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was of people of himself actually. Yeah. He, he he would be in a guillotine. Oh he, yeah. He would have a guillotine and cut him cut yeah. his head off. You know, it's, it's funny you say that, Wayne, because. One of the funniest things I've ever seen. You guys all remember the Gong Show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I vividly remember, and I actually saw it on YouTube recently because I just thought about it when I was listening to Alice Cooper uh, not too long ago. But anyway, there's a, Chuck Barris is introducing. He goes, here's a, a, a band. Uh, uh, let's welcome his name. He's going to sing for us. His name's Alice Cooper. He comes out and he says, I'm going out of my head over you, and he's in the guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I. Uh, this sounds too soft for somebody cutting their head off well, with the guillotine. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. he also had only women bleed, right. and that was right. actually not because of what I thought it was. No, it's but abuse. it was because because the yeah it was physical abuse of, of somebody instead of uh, women's time of the month. <laughs> well, um, he's actually a very smart guy, and oh, yeah. I think he's oh, yeah. like a. He's like a great golfer. Yeah, like oh, he's he's a, oh yeah, which is so Zero funny. Handicap. He's a, he's a th- handicap three. I and, mean, and I've seen pictures of him, Alice Cooper, son playing of a golf. Minister, so he kind of rebelled very, in that. He's a devout Christian now, and uh, well, he was. He's always been, he but just, he just let, unfortunately, drugs and alcohol in it. In the his career, it really That's a great pick. Him. I hadn't yeah. heard that in a long. When I time. saw him in concert, his daughter actually played the female victim in, yep. in his in his in his play. Well, All right, here we Wayne, go. You want to pick up the pace a little bit? Uh, this is yeah. mine. Now, this was covered recently, so a lot of people know it because of that. But this was another song that was sort of regional. It really picked up in the South because it definitely was a Southern rock, hard rock song. I had the 45 to this. So this is Black Betty by Ram Jam. Ram Jam is a one-hit wonder. Here's the the main chorus or the main lyrics. Now this is, you know, we we when you talk about old blues songs, this is an old work song or prison song. So oh really? If, yeah. If you go out on YouTube, it was first recorded in 1933. Wow. Performed a cappella by James Ironhead Baker and a group of Central State uh, group of uh, folks in the Central State Farm Prison in Sugarland, Texas. Uh, blues singer Lead Belly sang it in 1939. So 
this and and the main the the main thing that's the same in this is that Black Betty Blam the Lamb Black Betty Blam the Lamb that's the the piece that's the same. So here's a question for you: What's a Black Betty? I thought it was a woman. <laughs> yeah, you did, but it's there are several possibilities. It could be a bottle of whiskey. It could be a bullwhip that was used in the prisons. It could be the uh, penitentiary transfer wagon. There are several different possibilities. Oh, or wow. it could be a flint rock, uh, a, a flintlock musket. That's another possibility. So in researching, they're they're not exactly sure what Black Betty was, but it was not a person named Black Betty. It was hmm. some some object or, or bottle or something. If it's well, I'm, with you, Wayne. I'm with Wayne. I thought it was about a person. Well, of course, she had a child. <laughs> well, they changed the lyrics. Those lyrics were not the not the original lyrics, oh, but okay. uh, the um, the the original prison work song was supposedly about something else. It was about whiskey. And the nice or thing, the I, I mean, at least most groups at the time, the Yard were notorious about this, is updating these old blues songs and making them rock songs. Since you get the blues rock. And there was, I mean, there's so many people like that. That's one reason why uh, Eric Clampton left the Yardbirds because they were getting away from that. He wanted to stay in that blues era. Right. So, but this this song is uh, love it. <laughs> and you know, to me, this kind of fits in with Mother's Finest. Yeah. The, the feel of it and everything. Um, I didn't. I I don't know that I'm. Knew it came out this early in July of seventy. Yeah, I remember driving around. I, I wasn't driving. Other people driving around with us. And yeah, people were old enough to Listen to ask drums. older people to buy alcohol at the time. <laughs> hey, buddy, here's here's twenty bucks. Buy me some Black Betty. <laughs> <laughs> That's how old I was. I had the money, but I didn't have the the look of anybody older. Good pick, Bruce. See, that's thing. what I'm thinking. It's a, a woman yeah. here. It's funny. Ram uh, Jam. Thank you, ma'am. Bam 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 Yeah. I mean, yeah. I thought you were about to say thank you, ma'am, there, Rob. So, uh, <laughs> with that in staff picks. So, that was, that, I love going out rock and rolling on that. Wait a minute. That's so not this, rock and roll. <laughs> this is our little comedy fun pick. This is uh, Jerry Reed. We're going to tie it back to Smokey and the Bandit, which, of course, we did well, earlier in the podcast. I'm sitting here alone. This is I'm Just a Redneck in a Rock and Roll Bar. Listening to the music of this was actually the B-side of the single Eastbound no and Down when it came out. No ah. yeah. I actually like this type of country music. We, they've deviated from it so much, but, like I mean, Jerry Reed was... Grooving in this time. <laughs> Did you catch that lyric? Boys that look like Cher. Yeah. Boys that look like girls that look like boys that look like Cher. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I'm just a redneck in a rock and roll bar. <laughs> Not exactly the same. Not the words. <laughs> There are some folks that that just 
their storytelling, you know, is and Jerry Reed is one of. Do you listen to any of J- Jerry Reed's songs? And it's just you know, it's good storytelling, very funny. It's like you know your your grandpa sitting around telling you some old story. He was actually born in Atlanta. Um, oh he, yeah, uh, he's he's a Atlanta, Atlanta native. So um, the uh, but uh, Jerry did a did a lot of stuff, did a lot of writing, a lot of singing. Obviously, he was the co-star Acting. in Smokey and the Bandit. Acting, Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah. Long and illustrious career. Died in 2008. Well, thank you very much, Bruce, for researching that and getting our kind of comedy song for this. And uh, hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, we're What the Riff. And I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. Enjoy. You've been listening to What the Riff? We hope you enjoyed riffing with us, and we invite you to visit whattheriff.com to find and download the music we had on tap today. You can also contact us and request an album that you'd like us to riff about at whattheriff.com. And if you get a minute, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and YouTube. Thanks for listening to What the Riff? Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Also, Marbury Creative Group. Tell it better. If necessary, use words.